Welcome to Add Bible, an audio daily devotion from the Ezra Project. Alan J. Huth shares a Bible passage with comments from over 35 years of his personal Bible reading journals and applies the Word of God to our daily lives. Today we are in Luke chapter 17. We'll learn how to increase our faith. We'll also learn about the coming of the kingdom. So let's listen into Faith Comes by Hearing's reading of Luke 17. Luke 17 And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day, and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us! When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there, or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, and marrying and being given in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. In 1994, at 39 years old, I read Luke 17, and I wrote concerning verse 3, If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Concerning verse 5, I wrote, Increase our faith. And concerning verse 9, I wrote, No thanks for things commanded. Do what we are supposed to do. A year later, at 40 years old in 1995, again I read Luke chapter 17, and I wrote, it is impossible not to sin, and I was referring to verse 1. Those who sin, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Concerning verses 7 through 10, I wrote, certain things are expected, commanded of us. Do we get thanks for expected obedience? No, we are supposed to do what is our duty to do. And then I wrote, the kingdom of God is within you, verse 21. Another year later, at 41 years old in 1996, I split Luke 17 into two different days. The first day I read verses 1 through 19, and I wrote, Forgiveness depends on repentance for us and our brothers and for us in the Lord. Jesus forgives if we ask him. We need to repent. Without a contrite heart, there is no forgiveness. And then I finished with, Do what we're supposed to do gets no credit. Going beyond our job or duty gets us credit. Luke chapter 17 starts with this verse in verse 1. Temptations to sin are sure to come. That's why I wrote in one of my journals, it's impossible not to sin. So what do we do about sin? Jesus tells us in verse 3, If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Do you have a forgiving heart? Can you easily forget sins against you, or do you have a long memory? This verse almost sounds like an abuse of forgiveness. If someone sins against you seven times in the day and turns you to seven times and says, I repent, we're supposed to forgive them. That sounds like an abuse of forgiveness. But let's look at it another way. Do you think you sin against the Lord seven times in a day? Surely, that is the case for me, and surely, it's probably the case for each one of us. And aren't you glad that if you sin seven times a day against the Lord, or even more, if you repent, He forgives us. Hallelujah. Verses 7 through 10 are fascinating. Let's read them again. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, and dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you 
will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he's done what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. I believe God has purposed everyone in life. In other words, he created us with purpose, with something to do for him. Why else would we be sojourning on the earth? So if we care enough to even ask, Lord, why did you create me? What is your purpose for my life? And we do that which he's called us to do, then do we get thanked by him? I'm not so sure. It's what he's commanded us to do. It's what he's created us for. We are still unworthy servants if we just do what he's called us to do. I know in my own life, if I could write a book, it would be called Used. Because to me, that's all life is, is being used by God to accomplish his purpose. I praise him and thank him that he's given me talents and abilities so that he can use me to build his kingdom. He's done the same for each one of us. So when we do exactly what he's called us to do, I don't expect a great reward. I still believe I'm an unworthy servant. God could have used anybody. Sometimes he chooses to use me. Sometimes he chooses to use you. Lord, I thank you that you've created each one of us with a purpose. You expect us to do what you've commanded us to do. You choose in your sovereign grace to choose us unworthy servants to accomplish your kingdom here on earth. It's an honor to serve you. And we do it not out of duty, but because of our love for you and your love for us. We do hope, Lord, when it's all over, that when we get to the heavenly throne, you might say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Until then, Lord, let us get about our duty as unworthy servants doing your bidding here on the face of the earth. And whatever we do, whatever we say, might we bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.